Welcome to McKinley Cast. This week we are discussing episode 8, Girlfriends and Boyfriends. Love is in the air at McKinley High. Or is it? Lindsay and Nick are getting pretty hot and heavy, or so Lindsay thinks. But while she is gearing up to give her gift to Nick, he just has creepy cuddling on his mind. Meanwhile, well, the geeks, sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, the geeks get divided into lab partners. And with lab partners, you never know what is going to happen. Despite not being assigned to be partners, things progress for Sam and Cindy, but it's not quite what Sam had in mind. I'm Emily. I'm Rich. I'm Carol. I'm Katrin. And I'm Aisha. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! birthday. It's Aisha's birthday. How old are you turning in, Aisha? 22. 22. And she's been uh, studying all day. I just want you guys to know, this is a dedicated young woman we got in front of us. Absolutely. <laughs> Kudos. Yeah. And we're back. It's been, yes. you know, Woo! 16, 17 years. <laughs> it's about time, though. So Yeah, we're glad to be back. Yeah, I've, I've been craving this the whole time. You know, what? it's actually been about two months, I think. Something like that. and uh, It's been shamefully long. Yeah, and we've yeah. all watched this episode, you know, just an exorbitant amount of times. It's time to move on. <laughs> so let's so let's get into this. Uh, we have some newbie predictions to start us all off with. You got that pulled up there, Em? Yep. All right, let's get into it. Okay, Heidi Jenkins starts us. Okay, Heidi Jenkins starts us off. Um, she says, "I think something has to happen with Lindsay and Nick. She's just not as into him as he is into her, and maybe one of the geeks gets a girlfriend." Um, Katrin says, already watched it, sorry. <laughs> no prediction from Katrin. Um, Bob DeGrand says, I agree about Lindsay and Nick. Maybe Sam is torn between feelings for Cindy and Maureen. No Maureen to be seen. Mm, interesting. That's just, the, that was the last uh, episode, right? That she was in? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Started and discarded. Yeah. Hmm. I'm assuming she won't be showing up anymore. We will have to see. Yeah. Carol says, maybe it has to do with commitment, as in declaring yourself boyfriend and girlfriend. That happened not for real with Lindsay and Nick, so it could bring up the question. Then again, maybe it is the reemergence of Lindsay's angst at not having a boyfriend when some other couples appear. You pretty much hit that spot on right at the beginning there. Then she says, yeah, you're right, I have no idea. <laughs> Aisha says, since the girlfriends and boyfriends part is plural, maybe something else will go down between Daniel and Kim, but there'll definitely be something going on with Lindsay and Nick. Lindsay? And maybe Cindy and Sam. Pretty good there. Um, oh, and then I just replied, I picked another name for him called Lick, and I confused Carol, I think. <laughs> 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 she just answers with a question mark. <laughs> Bob clears it. That's all she could pull out. She's just punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm amazingly inarticulate. (laughs) Hey, it's right to the point. We like that. Well, and it was actually a word. Normally they're not. (laughs) And what? Anything else? That was it. Did you say Bob the Grand? 
Yeah. Well, I just I oh, did Bob's yeah, he, earlier, and yeah, then I said he, that Bob cleared it up for me okay. what I was talking about. All right. Okay. So, was this the most uncomfortable episode of the series so far for yes. you guys? Yes, very much. Other than um, the one with um, what's her face's mom, Kim's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah, that one does win. <laughs> Although, well, I don't know, because this one, there was a whole lot of oversharing. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll get there. But, so, Katrin, you pretty much, this was your worst nightmare when it comes to this show. Because you were actually shipping them before kind of, it started. I, I was kind of shipping them to the point where I wanted her to move the fuck on from Daniel. Because, Jesus Christ. But, um... And I thought he was sweet, but she's just so not into him, mm. and it's kind of depressing. No, so. I remember my first time watching, I was totally shipping them. Oh, so was I, definitely, no doubt about it. You know, it's a funny <laughs> thing, though. I had I had two different reactions, because I've watched this now like three times, um, and getting ready for the podcast each time we thought we were going to record. And the first time, when I did the commentary with, with my son and all, I was so sure that, like, she not only wasn't into him, but she was really kind of like, oh, what am I getting myself into and all of that. And then by the second time I watched it, I thought, now, wait a minute. Was she, like, looking kind of nervous, but sort of looking forward to what she thought was going to be happening? When are you talking about? When in the episode? Well, kind of over the course of the episode <clears throat> you know i mean the first time i watched it i really thought oh god she's not into him at all and and all this uncomfortable looks and everything else is mm-hmm. but the second time i kind of wondered if she just had like this i don't know weird nervousness about about it but that she was really was kind of into the idea of getting together with him and i agree with you on that i think uh there's a lot of I can't really put my finger on what she's feeling throughout the course of the episode for the most part. Like, sometimes you see her look extraordinary. Okay, let's just start in the beginning. Like, the very first scene, you got Kim immediately is like, so what's going on with you guys, you know, in her blatant, straightforward, annoying way. You know, just, hey, so are you guys, like, going out? Right, right. And then immediately after that, you got a... that other guy that's in some random episodes walks over and is like, oh, grab me a piece of that. And then right after that, you got Millie who asks about Nick and mm-hmm. what's going oh, on with yeah. them. So, like, you, you're hit immediately three times in a row. Not subtle at all. Like, this is really <laughs> uncomfortable for Lindsay. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, you feel like she's just, like, they give you the impression that she's just, like, totally, like, this is way out of her league. Like, she doesn't, does not want to be dealing with this. She doesn't know what to do in the situation. Oh, good grief. Did she deny him three times? <laughs> I mean, she did go to Millie for advice. Yeah, she actually. But I thought, see, that's oh, another I thing. Forgot what I was saying. I, that's another thing, though. I don't know, like, why she went to Millie necessarily because she knows what Millie's going to say in this situation. So she, was she trying to be told this is a bad idea? Like she, she must have known, right? Emily is her old friend. I mean, uh, uh, Millie is her old friend. Emily. <laughs> Emily. What? <laughs> no, I had Emily on my mind. I had Emily on my mind. No, uh, Millie is her old friend. But she knows her well enough to know that she's immediately just going to be like, you and Nick, awful idea. So she yep. knew what the answer was going to be. So do you think she was? She wanted to hear that it was a bad idea? No. no. Really? I think, I, think... I think that the best, I think what Carol's saying, that best friend thing, and the girl that she's been talking about her crushes to since they were 10... Mm. is that girl and so yeah 
And and sometimes when you don't have anybody else, you go back to that person who used to be there. Yeah. The the childhood person, because you could trust them. You still know that they're loyal to you. You know, how many people, you know, when you've broken up with a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, and there's still that you're used to going to that person about stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you make the mistake of trying to do that again and all that stuff. Well, that's funny. You all disagreed with me. I totally, I definitely thought that that was why she talked to Millie. I thought she wanted Millie to tell her not to do it because I thought she was uh, getting these, these mixed reactions. So, no, I don't think so. No, I'm going to have to play the girl card, I guess. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. If I may share a personal story, it really reminded me of, um, this past summer, I had some difficulties with a self-injury, and I didn't know where to go. So I went to my former best friend because I just I thought that they would be able to be there. But um, that ended up not working out. But basically, I really strongly related to Lindsay, actually, because I know what it feels like to go to the person who's might not who you know might not have the great the greatest things to say, but mm. you you feel like they should still be there sometimes so that's mm-hmm. where you go that makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah. yeah and if you'd like my take on Lindsay, um Lindsay, according to emily in this episode and you know going back to tricks and treats i just get the big feeling that Lindsay just for whatever reason just really wants a boyfriend i don't yeah. think it was really exactly mattered who it's more the idea of a boyfriend and nick has been that guy that wants to be her boyfriend whether he's ideal or not um that's how she's felt and in this episode i would guess if nick would have played it slower and a little cooler and not scared her to death she would have been you know he might have had a better chance yeah but he just scared her and smothered her and the whole world smothered her about it Um, although i got the feeling at the end there that if he had as you say, been a little slower, but if he had come on to her and stuff, she still would have, you know, gone through with everything. I yeah. know what you're well, talking I about. Think, when I she's sitting she on the so bed, ready. right? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, even when he first starts with the cheesy stuff. By the end there. Yeah. Even when she, when he first starts the cheesy stuff, she doesn't, she's like smiling, but it's not that awkward smile yet. It's not right. until he starts <laughs> talking about how he doesn't want to make out with her and, and, they have all this time in the world. That's when she starts to like look like she's really uncomfortable with the situation. Oh, that scene is just applaud Linda Cardellini for her acting. You can t- mm. we can read absolutely everything that goes through her head, and it's hilarious. Did you guys she's- recognize the music? I don't remember anymore. Well, that's a bummer. That means none of you will ever listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that song is played in the beginning of every single one of our podcasts. Yes, at so. the beginning, Rich and I had conversations about what should be the theme song, just and we talked back and <laughs> forth about Sunshine of Your Love or Lady, and I thought Lady ultimately is associated just because of this scene. It is. this. Uh, this I, I would say, uh, I think I said this in another episode maybe like four other episodes but this episode is the one that really makes me think of the show the encompassment of the show yes there's just it's it's very this is an iconic episode i would say maybe more than the rest i have listened to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's been a while. <laughs> and uh, and I just I don't remember the music. Oh, I mean, at this point, I just I thought all you newbies would hear that song start and go, "Aha! That's why it's played at the beginning." Uh, well, I will yeah, go they back. They played it in the um, one episode of The Simpsons too. <laughs> <laughs> the Greek myth episode, like when they went to, were crossing the river Styx, like that was a song that was playing. That's right, because of Styx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How subtle of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, oh, I didn't even, I, uh, after Millie asks about Nick, Rosso asks about Nick also. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Rosso yeah. just pulls her into his office and is just like, you know, let's, let's chitter chatter. Uh, let's just have a conversation. Uh, and it gets... To a place where I never believed it could have possibly gone. <laughs> that was horrendous. Too over the top. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when he actually said that, and with the most serious face in the world. Yeah, the pamphlet I thought was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, would you? But I mean, I could see, I could see somebody doing something like that. But the the personal stories that everybody insisted on telling her. Oh my God. That died in Korea. Oh my God. Yeah. What was with the personal stories? They were also bad. Like uh, one guy's got herpes. One guy's losing his virginity to a prostitute for $5. By the way, $5. I mean, wow. Well, it was 19, early. 50s, I would have lost you know? my virginity to a prostitute also for that kind of money. <laughs> Me too. It was the early fifties. Um, Korea. Speaking of those scenes in the commentary, the creators and writers talked about the fact that they, um, those were talked about where is that oversharing, especially for the Russell stuff, but they thought it was so funny and they thought, well, let's just do it. And as Jason Siegel pointed out in the commentary, these are the classic moments of the show that, you know, people laugh the hardest at. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they come out of left field, you know, and they, they, they're kind of like shocking humor. You know, but I can definitely, yeah, definitely. If memorable. you if you look at it too hard, as this is a high school show and this is an actual counselor talking to a student, you know, you get caught up <laughs> in the he should not be saying that stuff. But if you're just watching it for a comedy, it's funny. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm all on board for it. To tell you the truth, I don't know about you other guys, but I, I I'm down when shows just go the completely silly route. Like that's one of the reasons I love Buffy so much. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. they do that. You know. <clears throat> We were talking about, you know, what was going on on the Oscars tonight because we we're podcast, we we're recording this the night of the Oscars, and just for all the Whedon fans, there was just a little clip from uh, from Much Ado about Joss Whedon's Much Ado about nothing, um, stuck into a film montage on a on some kind of a commercial. Oh yeah, is that uh, is, yeah. is it nominated for anything? I, I don't think so, but uh, there was, but uh, it was included, which. Was like, That's nice. Prize me no end. Yeah, why not? On some one of the big, um, one of the commercials that they're showing. But. The more <laughs> Alexis Denisoff and Amy Acker you could put on my screen, the happier hmm. it will be. Yep, agreed. Oh, by the way, if you guys can hear me breathing, please tell me because last time there was like a middle part of our podcast where I was just like, <gasps> <gasps> and I had to just delete everything that we said because it was just too awful. It was just, it, it was embarrassing. I was just like, wow, did I gain a hundred pounds overnight? I don't, I don't know what happened here. Hey, Rich. Yeah. You know how you've been, you don't like Millie. <laughs> Even a little bit. Uh-huh. I have a little note from uh, when Millie first is talking to Lindsay that this is the 
first time I really don't like Millie. Are you yeah. talking? Oh, the scene when she, when she's behind her in the classroom. Um, no, I, the first no, one. Oh, the the first very one. first one when she she says something really nasty. I don't remember what it is, but it was the first time that I just was like, okay, you know. That's, she was extremely judgy. Yeah, I don't remember what yeah. she said. I just remember her being like aggressively uptight. Yeah, yeah no one's gonna want to marry you. Girls do that. Oh yeah. She that's says right. that Kim Kelly fornicates it. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that is just like really. Yeah, I just judgy Judgerson. <laughs> Before <laughs> this, it was you know she was. I mean, not somebody I'd want to be my friend, but. But I mean, I, she was ignorable. But this, this was just she was really, really obnoxious. Mm. Did not like her. Agreed. I agree. So I know we've been recently splitting it up between like you know we'll do the freaks first and then we go into like the main storyline. But this episode was kind of split down the middle. They had a lot of both parts. Yeah. So let's just stay in a chronological order as much as we can. Chronological mm-hmm. marbles in my mouth. Um. So. Is there anything else you want to talk about before the, we get into the Bill and, and Cindy ending up as lab partners? Well, I know it's been a very long time, but we just started having me do some of the fun facts about the episode before we get into it. Yes, I agree. I was actually going to say that. you want me to do that, that and you yeah, can you splice the, it in? When you did the commentary before, I was going to say, let's just fun facts with them. Let's do every time. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Mm, we had a commentary that featured Paul Feig, Patty Lynn, who wrote the episode, Sam Levine, Linda Cardellini, John Daly, um, Jason Siegel. Is that it? It was it was a rocking fun time. <laughs> um, okay, Gordon Crisp was a guy at Patty Lynn's high school. Name, smell, everything, and she says that she just was like waiting for him to knock down her door and <laughs> out out him because she like totally pulled that character right out from a friend of hers. I don't know if he was a friend. <laughs> Sounds like he just went to her high school. And she didn't even change the name at all. I just thought that was funny. Oh, wow. Um, Sarah, who uh, plays Millie, she said in their, um, she and Lindsay's first conversation, she says she fornicates it. And the line was actually, she fornicates. But Sarah got confused <laughs> and said it and they all laughed at how funny that was. I think Sarah's quite naive as her character Millie is. So she just got confused and they all laughed so hard they decided to um, make that the line. <laughs> um, Dave Allen, who plays Mr. Rosso, is can break make um, Linda break character more than anyone ever on the show. I guess she he just makes her laugh the most and they'd have the most problems in scenes because she'd break character. Um, oh, in the scene where Daniel and Lindsay are in the study hall, um, they started that with Daniel with a switchblade, and he was trying to shave his face with it, and they decided that he would not be allowed to have a knife in school, so they took that out. Um, oh, and Neil, or Sam Levine, was never, was not originally in the episode, so, if you know, he doesn't have any real big lines. He's just kind of around and laughing, and he doesn't have a part. But um, the head of NBC said, I want that Neil character in the show, and so <laughs> they had to add him. <laughs> Why? Okay. I think it'd be weird. It, it would, I guess he likes him, but it would be really strange 
to have Neil not just not be in the show at all. It just seems like I don't think I would have noticed in this episode though. Like you said, he doesn't really do anything. I mean, Cindy calls him Nate once, which That's made me which made me laugh. <laughs> I feel like I would have noticed. We you know we don't get Ken and we don't get Ken a lot, and I don't really notice. <laughs> but I feel like I would miss Neil for whatever reason. Maybe, Maybe because there's only three geeks. Yeah, I think I think so definitely. Um, in the scene with. Um, James Franco and Jason Siegel when they're under the stairs um, Franco actually really did hit Jason really hard in the chest so it was not acting <laughs> it sounded like um, it it made like that yeah, hollow he, pop sound <laughs> yeah he hit him as hard as it looked um, the yearbook teacher is John Daly's dad again He's and he is also the photographer in the beginning of the show which we've mentioned before um Oh, and this Bob DeGrand, I think, will have interest in this. Paul Feig um, said that people called Joe's character or Mr. Weir's character over-the-top and cartoony. And Paul based his character on his father, and he's just like, no, he's totally playing my dad. My dad was over-the-top and cartoony. So according to the creator of the show, he's not over-the-top. He is exactly his dad. Um and they had a, speaking of that, they had a really hard time trying to edit that hooker scene where they're talking. I guess he kept, it was really funny and it actually had some of the outtakes and it was funny. He just kind of kept going off and everyone would keep laughing and it was a hard scene to deal with. <laughs> oh, and uh, even, let's see, in the commentary episode, Carol and Alex were talking, they mentioned that when um, Sam and Gordon Chris were talking in chemistry and you can just see... Um, you can see Neil and Bill in the background fighting over don't touch the hair. <laughs> yeah. That was actually, they were truly bickering about that. Um, Sam Levine has a weird thing about his hair. Don't touch it. It's perfect. And <laughs> if you touch it, it's going to like mess it up. And Martin Starr was always messing with him. And as I've said before, they really did bicker quite a bit because they were kids and thrown into all this time together. And, and he, so said, that was, he said that in the episode, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and so that was pretty... I mean, they think, you know, just for realism and stuff, they were having them do it, but that was an actual fight they had a lot. And it wasn't quite acting. Um, the restaurant Stackies was actually a Wendy's, and I could totally tell. I remember... I don't. I haven't been into a Wendy's in a long time, but I remember as a kid what the Wendy's looked like, and it looked exactly like that. Um, the other one, I don't know what I was referencing. It's been way too long since I wrote it down. So that's it. All right. That's good stuff. As always, thank you, Emily, for your mm -hmm. research and all that. All right, so let's see. Bill and Sandy are lab partners, and Sam <laughs> isn't a fan of this. How do you guys feel about the whole, uh, the, the Bill trolling Sam this whole episode? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I think it it adds something to the relationship a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to see Bill kind of feel like he's in a power situation and just kind of yeah. messing with someone else. Sometimes I think he took it a little too far, but, you know, a kid that age is not going to have a, a lot of understanding of when to, you know, when it's getting a little too serious for the other kid. Yeah, especially since at this point Sam's only had a crush on probably one girl. Yeah, yeah. Ever. And he was sweet at the end. Yeah, I thought... I yeah, because he wasn't actually being a jerk. Like I said, he was just trolling him. He was—he's not really yeah. like—he's just poking him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so does Cindy fart? 
<laughs> or <laughs> was he hearing things? I'd say yes. He performed a lot of experiments on the chair and could not <laughs> replicate the sound. Although, although I've, there are an awful lot of chairs that do make these sounds. And she sounded, she looked really, you know, calm about it. She did not look like she was covering anything up. Mm, when you had a lot of practice, you're good at, you know, hiding. <laughs> it is my opinion that she did. I think she did. That's okay. just my opinion. <laughs> the, the question is, should it really matter? Of course yes. not. But if you're, you're a, a high school boy, <laughs> if you're a 14 year old boy, yeah, of course, this is going to be the biggest story of the year. The cheerleader. Yes. Speaking of Cindy and her bedroom. I thought you were going to say speaking of farting in front of boys. <laughs> no, but this episode did teach me that girls fart. Which is just shocking information. You didn't know. See, I didn't know either. Hey, you know, actually in my notes, I'm just looking at my notes, and it says Cindy looks like the the chair really does do that. The actress really, you know, did look like, you know, she was being, you know, oh, yeah, the chair does that. Because it was was so casual. I mean, either she's a really, the character, Cindy, is a really good actress, (laughs) or the chair really does do that. But he sat on. He moved in every possible direction that you could possibly move in. Yeah, but you know, inanimate <laughs> objects do like to make liars of us all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, true. Cindy's thing with the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Not okay with me. Because you're scared of Muppets. Because I'm scared of Muppets. That's right. I remember. Was that. it scary to see the picture on the back of the book? It was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, really, her thing had to be Muppets. That had to be a thing. <laughs> the only TV I... show she watches. Yeah. Well, that's just wrong. You would not. Well, why? I would. I would guess she watches Donnie and Murray too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a definite possibility. Uh, yeah, I was looking. At... Hey, Rich. Um, do they still have high karate? High karate, like people doing karate while they're high. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I guess the answer is no. Um, <laughs> when they were coming down the I I literally have a, a note here because when they were coming down the steps they were talking about oh should I wear old spice or high karate and high karate was a, a like a cologne oh, okay. a men's cologne you know well now everyone knows where my mind goes <laughs> no I mean it's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> deduction to make I just I was just wondering because it's like gee I haven't heard that for a long time yeah, no, Old Spice I don't think so. made it through the decades. I've got Old Spice right here next to me. I'm looking at it. If <laughs> if this was a video podcast, it would be I would be promoting Old Spice right now. My my dad so wore pretty. Old Spice. <laughs> it's been around for a really long time. Um. So yeah, and her. Did you notice how pink everything in Cindy's yes. room was? Oh my yes. good lord. <laughs> yeah. I would be like Bill. I would be like, you're handing me carrots and a pink room to hang out in. I'm out of here. <laughs> carrots. <laughs> Bill looked like he had never eaten a carrot in his whole life or heard of one. <laughs> Seriously, he's so yeah. so straight up. Do you have any cookies? <laughs> he was. What not are you taking a bite this. out of it? He was Chips. just like, "What is this thing?" <laughs> And the way he he went to cookies, chips, and uh, let's watch some TV. And I was like, <laughs> "You're here to study." So we don't know what. So folks don't know what high karate was, right? Nobody. I yeah. have heard of it. I've never You've seen heard it. Of it. Okay. 
And you all know what Welcome Back Cotter is, right? I do. Yes. No. Yeah. No? Okay. No. Oh, my God. Right. Like John Travolta. You got to watch it. Yeah, that was it, Nick at Night when I was a child. Yeah, I figured. it. Uh, as somebody said, it introduced John Travolta and, and stuff. It was, it, was a, it was just a sitcom that took place in a, in a school. Um, and Mr. And Cotter it, was back. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was exactly. the hey guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's him. He used to go to that school, and then he came back, <coughs> and he was, a, he was a real handful when he was at school, and then he came back as a teacher, and the same principal was still there. And I remember an afro. Was there an afro somewhere? There were plenty yeah. of afros. <laughs> yeah, there, that was the era of afros. Okay. Later on... I will uh, find a clip of it and put it on the yeah. list. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah, was, so... Uh, uh, Let's see. So Daniel and Lindsay are talking. Mm-hmm. And this was another scene that I thought was interesting. When Daniel is trying to tell Lindsay how great of a guy Nick is. And he's... Oh, yeah. Now, Daniel's always really, like, almost, he's the hardest character in the show to read just because he's just so... Self-serving. Yeah. But what was what was he trying... Was At the end, he's kind of, like, smiling, like, yeah, Nick's a stud. But in the beginning, he's, like, giving her these looks, like, I don't know if I believe you, Lindsay. And uh, did you guys get the same impression? Like, he wasn't sure if Lindsay was into Nick, and he was, like, trying to make sure that she wasn't going to hurt him? Or was it – or did he have some kind of other motive in mind? If I were to answer that, it'd be a spoiler. Obviously, Rich, you've forgotten a few things. I've forgotten everything. I've (laughs) – I think he was I I I'm thinking that he from the beginning was, you know, being salacious and like ha ha, you know, ha ha, you're getting involved with my friend and all of that and uh but at the time I wasn't sure. My son on the other hand, Alex knew like right from the beginning. He was like, "Yep, I knew this was where this was going." He's knew what? And all that. Knew that he was going for the you know, he's a stud. Oh. You know, ha ha ha. So you think it was just him just like kind of just wanting to talk about Nick in the sack type of deal? Uh, living vicariously, you know, his friend. and. So you don't oh. think that there was any good that that he was trying to create here? I think maybe it was a little bit of him being happy that Nick has somebody. Like, I think it was him... First, maybe genuinely saying, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah. And then going to the, oh, he's he's a he's a stud. So I think he was trying to do something nice for Nick as well as be a little weird about it. Yeah. What about you, Aisha? Uh, yeah. Do you think the I same thing? I feel like Nick's, Nick or Daniel, I can forget, uh, Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Daniel still has a thing for her and he's just trying to convince himself that Nick is a good guy. Okay, interesting. A lot of different perspectives here. Now, I just want to reiterate that I, at this point in the series, even throughout the first X amount of episodes where you guys were all like, I think Daniel has a thing for Lindsay, I never felt it at all. Like, I never thought Daniel had any, any kind of interest in her, aside from maybe just her being a girl and him wanting girls to like him. I've never, I've never thought that. Yeah, I never, I never thought and Daniel was serious about Lindsay. I always thought Lindsay had a thing for Daniel. Okay, so we've got a lot of different outlooks on this. So, because I really thought that the whole reason for him having this conversation with her, he makes this one face where he was like, 
He says, he's a really great guy. And then she says, yeah, I know. And then she turns around and looks in the other direction, and he, like, squints real hard at her. <laughs> you know, like, it's a really aggressive, like, right-in-your-face squint. Like, I don't know if I believe what she's saying right now. And just that face alone made me think that his whole intent for talking to her right there was, like, a don't-break-my-friend's-heart speech. I, so I got the yeah. I got that whole, like, vibe of this was just because he was trying to, I don't know, like, kind of warn her. I, I did remember getting that kind of wondering... Like getting that feeling as well. Yeah. Um, that's why it was like I went back and forth on what was going on in there. So did I. Yeah. It's and, it's, it's iffy. He's hard. Yeah. He's so hard to read. Like I said, and then yeah. he, and he immediately hits on the teacher, who is by the way <laughs> the psychologist, the Mister Rosso of Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. Hmm. I didn't. Read well, her. all I can say about that scene is your questions will be answered. <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait. <laughs> The, just, just to be clear, the thing about Daniel and Lindsay, I, I always, what someone said a few minutes ago, I agreed with, um, that he was, uh, that Lindsay was into him, but he, I always got the feeling he just was enjoyed being admired by her. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he knew she had a thing for him, and he enjoyed the fact that she had a thing for him. That, you know, he didn't necessarily have a thing for her, but but he enjoys girls yes, being agree. into him. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's totally how I feel about it. I mean, maybe it's because how I that's how I thought in high school. You know, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't care if I have a girlfriend. I still want every other girl to like me and no one else. I mean, clearly, <laughs> that's what we're going for in this world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then Nick, you know, asks Lindsay to come over his house and... She's, you know, like, okay, yeah, sounds good. Blah, blah, blah. Clearly starting to feel a little awkward about it. Because everybody's been making her feel super awkward the whole entire time. And, um, so that happens. So, so she goes, she over, goes later. over later. Anyway, anyway but, um, but, um, you're so, echoing. Oh, am I? Yeah. Stop it. You're not echoing here. It stopped. That worked. That did work. Cool. I'm magic. <laughs> Okay, so Gordon goes over to Sam's house and uh, immediately proceeds to put Sam's pencil into every orifices, orifice in <laughs> his so head. That's so gross. <laughs> and Ew. Sam just makes, you know, his Sam, oh my god, this is so nasty face. Why would you do that? <laughs> you know, right in front of him, right? And then after you do that, Hand it back. you know, it's <laughs> like, that's, I think, on my first viewing notes i put down that this is the time when you just give gordon the pencil yeah that's exactly <laughs> oh, what yes. i thought he was gonna say keep it but he did yeah keep it <laughs> i'll find another pencil especially <laughs> if they're over at his house to study doesn't he need a pencil the whole time yeah yeah seriously yeah, what's right. he what's he doing there without a pencil but All the right. thing you know the thing i knew that the the pencil was going to go right in his mouth of course mm-hmm. and interestingly enough that's what like every pencil in my classroom, when I, every pencil I loan out is all chewed up when I get it back. I never got that. I never chewed on my pencils. I was, no, I was like, Why would I want wood shavings in my mouth? <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they I chew on the metal part more than the wooden part. I don't know what Why what it would is. You want metal shavings in your <laughs> mouth? I don't know. <laughs> it's an oral fixation thing. But all of the smoke a cigarette. It's Freud. <laughs> no, all no, the I'm pencils, just you know, it's like I want to write the kids' names on them because I don't 
you know, it's like, do I disinfect them all after? It's like, yeah. don't give it back to me. I mean, honestly, I'd much yeah. rather chew on an eraser anyway. They've got flavors, some of them. <laughs> so, so enticing. Oh, I'm not even going there. Delicate. I love it. I bet you didn't predict how like great Gordon is and insightful. I just love his character. Absolutely. I, He's awesome. I when, expected it. Yeah. So I was, I was yeah. concerned. Well, I felt terrible for him just because like that's like awful if it's if you're not gonna have a fatal disease this is a pretty <laughs> shitty one to have yeah it's, i agree yeah. it's a pretty crappy disease yeah i watched the tyra banks episode dedicated to it oh it's a, huh. i didn't realize that it was real but okay it is <laughs> yeah it's real terrible. what's the actual smell did they talk about it i guess maybe tuna fishy <laughs> oh god well that's what uh sam said at lunchtime he's I like know, it's just tuna. there's not a lot of things that could <laughs> smell worse than the idea of a person smelling like constant tuna fish yeah that's that's really bad yeah Yeah. i don't know he was definitely insightful though and he knew immediately that sam liked cindy and gave some kind of like you know stalkery tips (laughs) a little little, little, little bit he was like what did he say he said something about um join all of her clubs in her clubs oh, yeah. so he knows where she's going yeah. right and that's and you can why spend he, time with her and that's why compliment her hair the, what's it called the what are you doing the yearbooks crew mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the complimenting the hair thing that didn't go well when mm-hmm. i was watching this episode for the first time i expected sam to join cheerleading oh my god <laughs> i could see that this this episode <laughs> with its ridiculous moments it wouldn't be that far-fetched but come on sam would never go down that road were there was yeah, it, I wonder how frowned upon cheer like male cheerleading was. George Bush was a male cheerleader. But you know, male cheerleaders were only in college as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah was they're not in not a lot of school. school. No, I've never heard of male cheerleaders in in anything other than colleges. I wonder if it's like not allowed or if it's just that the guys are too scared to be, you know, discriminated against. Uh, I remember at my old school, they only accepted girls, but um, if you've seen the movie Bring It On, there are a couple of guy cheerleaders, and that takes place in high school. Mm. It's a fantastic I would guess the more competitive cheerleading schools probably do. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised. The ones that, like, get on ESPN and stuff. (laughs) Let's just talk about Bring It On for a while, guys. (laughs) I've never (laughs) seen that. Uh, Watch it. Glory and faith. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Can't, can't hate on that. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Um, if you don't watch it, you can't join our cheerocracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good, I mean, and you've got to be able to, to deal with just the. It's not that the dialogue is incredibly crude, but they'll randomly throw some words out there where you're just like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, it's kind of like a campy, fun movie, and uh-huh. then they'll say, like, the C word, and you're like, whoa. Relax over there, girls. They said the C word in the movie? Yeah, I think like once or twice. They say bitch a lot. See, I've only seen it on TV, so I've seen the cleaned up. Yeah, I I had only seen it on TV a bunch of times also. I downloaded it one time last year, and I I, got to tell you, I was kind of (laughs) shocked at the language. But it made it more funny for me because I'm not, you know, a teenager anymore. (laughs) But if you've seen Pitch Perfect, you've basically seen Bring It On. I have not seen Pitch Perfect. I have not seen that either. I have. It's a really good movie. I am a choir kid. Fair enough. Funny because I'm not even in choir anymore. I'm still a choir kid. Mm. At heart. 
Yeah, well, like, I dropped choir so I could take graphics, but, like, every time there's a... Because we do production in graphics, so we'll do, like, projects for other uh, teachers. So I design all the programs for the choir concert. I'm making, like, the template for uh, choir awards. I still do all the choir stuff. But not the singing? But not the singing. (laughs) But you still have that overwhelming urge to just belt out a few perfect notes every once in a while? Oh, all the time. All right. Can't wait to hear it one day. Is there a musical episode of Freaks and Geeks? Mm, Can we answer that? I mean, Um, is there, like, an episode where they join, like, the glee club or choir or something? Do you want us to answer this? Yeah, do you want the answer to this? We can give you the answer to this if you want it. I'm assuming that means the answer is no. But oh, so much silence. All right, too much silence. I'm moving I feel on. Like no answer. You're guys. Asking, I'm on who wants to be a millionaire, and like you're asking me what my final answer is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it. Okay. Well, you the window is closed. The answer is we're not answering. Um. Okay. So back to the episode. Cindy writes a very depressing poem. <laughs> Which yeah. I personally loved yes. and would have voted 100% for that to yeah. be what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. honest and it was real yeah. and it was nice to hear somebody in a popular type of group, you know, like a cheerleader, yeah. come out with something like that and not be afraid to express herself also in that manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To put it in the yearbook would have been a really bad, really random decision. Bad business. And it was it was fairly cheesy, if you ask me. Ah, I didn't think it was cheesy. I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean... It was cliche. If you went yes, on... Yes, cliche. Uh, what was that? If you went on, like, deadjournal.com, then that would have been something you would have read a lot. Did any of you do that stuff? No. Hey, I'm no. a 2000s online... kid. I went on Zanga. Oh, Zanga. So that's where the online poetry is nowadays? Nowadays? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe Facebook? Uh, or tum- Tumblr. Tumblr, definitely. A lot, yeah. a lot of poetry on there. See, I, I had Dead Journal. That was where, like, everybody wrote their depressing poems and stuff, and it got, like, really popular for, mm. I don't know, six months. I remember writing this awful poem about how I thought... <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I wrote this awful, awful, awful poem about how I was worried that girls only liked me for my looks. <laughs> oh my goodness, somebody look this up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what my name... Oh, it's probably under my email address. Hold on. Is this site even still live? It can't possibly be. Probably. Um, it's, once it's there, it's somewhere out there. Oh, it is still live. It's got to be here somewhere. I'm not telling you guys my name. Sorry. <laughs> that was not the only poem. There was also um, a couple poems between me and my girlfriend while we were breaking up where we were trying to, like, subtly jab at each other. So it's just, just filled oh, no. up the boards with us just talking smack about each other. Yeah, we barely had the internet when I was in high school, and I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, were was, you guys was, like, in middle beginning. school? Me? Yeah. No, we were, uh, it was, like sophomore year of high school so that would be i don't know 2001 i guess oh my god that's such a middle school early high school thing to do oh well i was i got i got on board with the romance thing pretty late Eh. we when i was in school we just wrote it all in notebooks and stuff (laughs) yep we used to write letters to each other also like legit like put it in the mail and yeah (laughs) yeah yep 
Okay, yeah. so enough about, you know, how self-centered I was. <laughs> so Is this going to even make it on the final cut of the episode? All of this Nick's stuff? Nick's <laughs> we'll poetry. We'll I'm so it's... excited to find it. It depends oh, not on Nick, sorry. It <laughs> depends on what uh my mood is when I edit. <laughs> How much self-confidence do I have while I'm editing this episode will determine whether or not I'm allowing everybody to hear this story. Um okay, so back to the episode. Nick spells wait incorrectly on the card. And <laughs> to Lindsay and yes. on the rose. W A T E. He is a junior in high school, right? <laughs> I can yeah. tell you that that would have been a huge turnoff for me. How could it not? Be? Yes, and you could see that it was it was not something she was overly thrilled about. No, she it was a pretty big turnoff for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some things that like you can be kind of dumb, but that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're pushing the limits here. He's you can like you can mistake one of the theirs or something. That might be okay. He's just not in her league when it comes to a lot of stuff. Um, he's he's a sweet sweet guy, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, he's not stupid or anything, but he's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And and she's she's been paying a lot of attention for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a serious of lack of motivation. In life, yeah. in general. Yeah. It's two very different people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And she's just so, like, she's... But the thing is, all the people that she's hanging out with nowadays are completely, you know, she's out of their league. Yeah. Intelligence-wise, I don't know how she expects to have a challenging conversation with any of them. Daniel's got his, his intelligence in, in a really weird way, because, like, well, he's he... manipulative and very he... good at it, but... Oh, I don't think Daniel is is in any way stupid. Yeah, um, no. He's yeah. got well, I think he's like Nick, he's he's uneducated, he's not learnt, you know, yeah. but he's yeah. got He knows how to read street people. smarts. Yeah, he's got potential. He's definitely not a, like if you gave him an IQ test, sure if IQ were to actually measure somebody's intelligence, it wouldn't be that low, you know. No. No. Nick is um I mean, uh, Daniel is a very bright guy. Yeah. It's just, uh, he hasn't been paying attention in school. He's totally unmotivated. And, you know, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Nick, and Nick just, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if Nick is capable, as capable as she would want him to be. Like, even if he was paying attention in school, I don't know. Like, she, she, he's still completely out of her, her league. He's, she's completely out of his league. Even yeah. if he tried, he could try as hard as he could. He wanted to. She's still way smart. She's been trying for 16, 17 years. You know, at this point, she's just yeah. experienced more than anything. Well, well did of, you, you know, let me ask you this. Did you guys get any sort of vibes when they were at his house and they were looking at the trophy case? In the end of the episode? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I did. There was a trophy case? I yeah, he he had uh, basketball trophies and a bowling one and a bowling trophy and a bowling one. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think all along she's been trying to figure out. I don't know. She's trying to figure this whole thing out, but there it is almost like a little callback to when um, Daniel was looking at her trophies. Mm, interesting. Now I hadn't thought of that till just now. Yeah, I think uh, I for me, I, when she was looking at it, I just got the impression that she was disappointed that he wasn't still getting trophies 
or yeah. trying to get trophies. Yeah, even though she's not trying to get trophies anymore either. Yeah, she's, and she definitely showing that, that she's a little true. bit of a hypocrite. I I yeah. think she, you know, when the disappointment it just occurred to me because I'm kind of going back through that scene was, and tell me if you guys say I'm wrong, um, when the reason he stopped playing basketball when he said that he was caught with what weed mm -hmm. and i almost got the feeling that disappointed her you know that it wasn't something some other reason like if there had been some political reason i think she would have like been up for it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. yeah i quit because oh I, I didn't like the way something was going on you know whatever i but, think she would definitely much rather him not smoke pot just in general you know yeah i that's one of the problems with Nick for me. I feel like it's really hard to know how smart the guy is or how anything the guy is because he's got this haze of pot just kind of dulling everything. Exactly. I think with at least some people, I mean, it's known to um, dull your sense of achievement and, you know, wanting to do something. And I think it hits some people harder than others. Yeah, your thought processes, among other things. The best commercial, yeah. the best pot commercial that I remember from when I was a kid, like there were so many really, really terrible ones that just made absolutely no sense. Just these are not things that happen when people smoke pot. But there was one where they had that. Am I echoing again? Yeah. yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Did a bird just fly through? <laughs> it sounded like a flapping. <laughs> no but anyway um so there was this one commercial where they had the person was just this a girl walked into her house and she was like hey let's go out cindy and cindy was like on the couch like deflated like a balloon that was deflated and she's just eating oh my God, I cheese that. doodles and she's just like oh, i don't feel like it and i was like that's it that that's it right there like, that is the biggest problem with smoking pot. Like, your brain is not going to turn into eggs. I promise. Do you guys remember that commercial? Yes. <laughs> your brain won't turn into eggs, but you no. will want to sit on your couch and eat cheese doodles and not go out. Well, I watch someone I love very much just, you know, just yeah. from pot. Yeah. I've watched I think it just affects some people. And I've watched a couple people. And oh. I, it's almost like the people with the sharpest minds. Yeah. Um, When they smoke pot it's it's like that that sharpness goes away that's definitely true and i've but it's not just when they smoke it's like it, they smoke for a long time that sharpness never comes back even when they stop mm. um, a friend of mine who yeah, but ozzy was doing like heroin and crack <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah. clean now, and look at him. Yeah, well, well, he really years of him. acid, heroin, and crack will do that to you. I mean, <laughs> I, I, Pot was probably the least of Mr. Osborne's problems. Probably. He ate a bat on stage one time. I mean, a friend of mine who was really, really smart in math and stuff, I mean, really incredible mind, um, stopped smoking. I mean, I had noticed the difference um this is way back when and in, in uh when i was a kid actually but um i had noticed the difference when he came back from college he just was not with it like he had been it was kind of you know it was basically acting like a pothead mm. just and, yeah, uh, and less, I think, less witty 
<laughs> less everything. And, and he finally said that he quit smoking pot when he realized that here he had this brilliant mathematical mind and he was having a hard time just doing basic calculations. Yeah. And it woke him up and it gave him something really, you know, and he like stopped and, and he, you know, he, he hadn't been smoking that long, like a year. And he just stopped and eventually his, everything came back for him. Mm -hmm. But I, I knew a lot around that time because we're talking about, you know, the sixties and they were, there were people were smoking so much that they just, they always, they got that dull look in their eyes and they never got it back. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people can, you know, smoke pot recreationally for fun and they're fine. It's, it's like alcoholism, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It just affects different minds in different ways. And some people people even get physically like, like I've known a couple of people that actually get ill, like will throw up violently when they get high. And that's uh, I know two people that are like that actually. And one person I know this just happened to somebody actually, he smoked pot for the last decade, I guess, you know, consistently every single day. And he had to get a job. So he finally, he's 28 years, or 27 years old. He gets a job where he has to move away from his home and he has to get drug tested for the job. So he had to keep, he had to stop smoking. Um, goes to his new apartment, immediately realizes that he has extreme anxiety and is waking up after 20 minutes of sleep every single night, blah, 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 having all these problems, ends up having to go to the doctor and get anti-anxiety pills. And the problem was that smoking pot all this time was actually covering up the fact that he had stress and anxiety issues. It was, uh, you know, he was self-medicating, basically. So the second he wasn't allowed to do it anymore, it totally messed with his life. Since then, he hasn't smoked pot because he doesn't want to have to go through this again. But this just happened two months ago and he's still dealing with sure. you know coming sure. out of this sure he's having well a real maybe tough it's time. just something he has and he needs to get some like legal medication well he has it now that's what i'm saying oh, like good. he's got he's got the pills now and they help but i'm just saying like it was it was really helping him in one sense but it was in the end totally screwing him over yeah. you know like he wouldn't be in this situation if he just never smoked pot yeah like, well, he if might you have can't gotten feel, the anxiety. If you can't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He would have gotten, he would have felt the anxiety, uh, but because, being 27 years old and not knowing what anxiety and stress feels like and then having it all pile on top of you at one time has got to be a terrible feeling, you know, because mm-hmm. he, yeah, he yeah. straight up admits, like, I've never felt what anxiety is like. And I'm just like, get out of your mind, bro. I feel that all day, every day. But mm-hmm. first, that's got to be like a train hitting you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that yeah. age. So yeah, it's definitely got it's definitely big negatives to smoking pot, and it definitely affects people in different ways. Nick is yeah. probably the most you know that's the most consistent image of a pothead, somebody that's just not motivated to try very hard, isn't willing to better himself really because he's just high and doesn't really care. He's got some a lot of apathy. He's very, and he's a very feeling person too, which I've noticed a lot of potheads. Um, while they are unmotivated to try to progress their own lives. They are still very caring and they feel things more intensely because that's kind of, you know, what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make things, every emotion or whatever is supposed to be um, propelled to the next level when you're, when you're high. And you can tell that with him also. Uh, that's why he's, he's so extraordinarily like everything affects him so hard. It's just another It's like of... this is the McKinley cast don't do drugs episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the, uh, 
I've been listening to Nerdist podcast a lot, and um, in between go- listening to the McKinley cast podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Chris Hardwick has made a, a point a bunch of times about you know when you take like take away the drugs or the alcohol or whatever, you still have the problem that made you go to those things originally. And, you know, with Nick, we saw the, the dad. Mm, like um, the source. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, what, what Nick is escaping from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if he got off the pot, what would he be dealing with? He'd be dealing with, you know, his dad and everything else. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it it looks like it's a great big coping mechanism for, for him, but... But it's really hard to see who he is, you know, without, you know, who he would be without it, whether he'd be a sharper, you know, sharper guy or what. I, I It's very true. And I think it's accurate. So I, I think I was um, extraordinarily sharp in high school Um not with the schooling stuff, but I was I was witty and into it and uh, re- always ready with the next. My brain worked very quickly, basically, and then when I got to college, smoked a ton of pot, and I, I got to tell you, it was noticeable that I was no longer, I didn't care about having the quick comebacks anymore, you know what uh-huh. I mean? I wasn't like, like, whatever, yeah, somebody just said something, I could think of something to say in return, but I'm <laughs> not really interested. <laughs> so it's, it's very accurate. I, I love that, uh, by the way, I love that the Weir's or Mrs. Weir remembers Nick from the fruit roll-up incident. That was a great callback. (laughs) That's actually my, one of my quotes for the episode. (laughs) Yeah. That came in the whole, that came in the whole scene also with, uh, Nick, uh, Lindsay being forbid from, from seeing Nick. Oh yeah. That, that moved along awfully quickly. Mr. Weir for you. Yeah. That that was a quick transition. It seemed like, you know, I mean, finding out who she was dating immediately to, oh, it's that kid. No, you're forbidden to see ever see him. What, huh? Yeah. No. And then and then we got his prostitute story immediately after, and that was his reasoning yeah. for her not for her to not see him. It's like they don't really have anything to do with each other, but okay. Yeah. I think I think it's also showing the Weir's panic again about their daughter's turn. She's yeah. Taking. Yeah, it's true. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's it's really easy to forget that she. This is new for for them, and they don't really right. know how to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're trying to set a good example for Sam. You know, you got to also consider the fact that they don't want Sam to to run into the same issues as she is. Yeah, but I don't I'm not know saying what... I agree. By the way, I'm just yeah, throwing no, no, out I... what they might be thinking. Well, there's also a gender thing going on. I mean, she's the oldest and she's a girl. Mm. Well, he, he ruined Sam's date also. He didn't try, though. <laughs> no, I, that was accidental. Yeah, I mean, he. it was like he caught on that he was interested in in Cindy. And he started playing it up and, and all of that. And then he got too enthusiastic and he forgot what the motivation was and... <laughs> You yeah, know, the sole purpose for doing this. He just uh, got totally lost on him. Yeah, and then he realized what he'd done. Yeah, he did. But it was, he, he got over it, was, it very quickly. Yeah, it was some nice transitions there by the by the by dad, you know, where mm-hmm. he was he was catching on and then he was getting caught up in the whole marketing thing and then realizing, Oops, I screwed up, okay, I'll try and fix it. Okay, there's no fixing it. 
Yeah. Oops. Sorry about that. Very true. All right. So let's. I want to talk about what to me is the the most heart heart wrenching part of this episode, which is when you know Bill Bill tells Bill basically the summary of the end of the episode for the geeks is that. Bill says that she that Cindy said that Sam is the nicest guy in the school, and that kind of gets Sam's hopes up. And so she, you know, she invites him out to hang out after school, and then tells him that she has a crush on Todd. What's his fuck? Yeah. And that's a heart dropping moment right there. Just falls from your chest to your stomach. You know, if you're Sam and you're just thinking yeah. this is going somewhere, and then it's just oh. What, yeah, that was painful. You're just like my sister, she says. Sister. My sister. <laughs> Couldn't believe that was the worst. I, mean, I did kind of see it coming, though, because she was talking about her period with him earlier. Yes. Oh, That's my true. gosh. I didn't pick yeah. that up because I'm a boy. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think of that either. That's a good That's a good insight. Yeah, I remember thinking, I remember, I think I even said it. You know, this is not your girlfriend. You know, you're not talking to your girlfriend. What are you talking? You know, what are you saying? See, I just took that as he her was being to her sister. <laughs> I yeah, took exactly. that as her being like, I don't know, just maybe more open than we thought that she was. But no, you're absolutely right, Katrin. That's clearly, you know, I- I- indicative of the fact that she's not interested in him sexually, or it doesn't seem at least, you know, at this. I mean, she's you're like my sister is like. Ugh. Could it, be worse. Could not be worse than that. No. I mean, at least brother. But oh. Yeah, seriously. I mean, oh. how could she not just think, maybe this might offend him? Talk about it, Matt. Yeah. And so unaware. I mean, Gordon picked it up that he was he liked her. You'd think that she would be more aware to downplay that. Unless she's really trying to upplay it. So, to be like, don't get any ideas. <laughs> no, I didn't yeah. get that idea at all. She doesn't seem that diabolical. She doesn't. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. I don't know. I guess she just wasn't thinking. That's all I could. Yeah, I agree. So, But then she calls him later to, to chit-chat more about Todd. And he's just kind of like, he does that fake choking himself thing, which <laughs> Lindsay gets a kick out of. And I appreciate it because, aw, brother and sister bonding. That yes. Was, that's probably the cutest brother and sister scene so First far. First in a while. Yeah. yeah. It's about time, yeah. I, I appreciated that muchly. And, and it makes a lot of sense, too, because, like, they are in just totally different worlds right now, even though they're not that far away in age, maybe two, three years tops. But they just live in totally different worlds. But I, I love it when stuff like that happens, when they come together. Like, when worlds collide is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you just know that they genuinely like each other and yeah. get along. Yes, yes. And I like how Nick's, how how she reacts to it, too. She's very... She's kind of nonchalant. She doesn't try to make it like a big deal or anything. I bought into her, I don't know, just her kind of way of consoling him, I guess. Just kind of like. Yeah, and she was pretty open with him. Yeah. Yeah. For a big sister, I thought. She was, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. So I, I felt terrible for Sam at the end of this episode, but I mean, I guess it was kind of leading towards this way. The nicest guy in the school, as great of a compliment as that is when you're. 30 in high school i don't know you don't want to be called the nicest guy it's just that doesn't get I you guess anywhere not. no but, trust me you know sam trust is... me <laughs> trust me you don't want it it's it's but sam's in that position that you know she's gonna start 
talking to him a lot and getting vulnerable and then you know maybe someday i think he's looking at it a little that way i think he might be but that's the wrong way to look at it sam it is. sorry buddy <laughs> like nice nice guy nice guys finish last there is a reason that that is said and i have to tell you i am if the person that wrote that i don't know who it was i'm sure one of you brilliant ladies does uh-uh. No? No. Well, then... That's like an old saying. No one oh, knows. okay. I'm going to tell you right now. I know for a fact that that person was in high school. Nobody looked that up. But <laughs> it's the truth. I'm looking it up right now. All right. I've got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. But, okay, so... Podcast is over. <laughs> so that's the end of that stuff. So let's just back it up just a little bit and... I. Is there anything that you guys just want to get off your chests about that scene with with Nick professing his undying love of sorts to uh, Lindsay in his basement? Um, I Lindsay think... needs to hurry up and be real with him because she looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, we got Carol's reaction. You know, she and Alex were hysterically laughing. Did, <laughs> yes. did you guys think it was funny? <laughs> You're just cringing the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, I just felt kind of sad. Mm. So sad, I, I felt, awkward, I and ba- funny. I feel well, bad for both of them. When we were laughing, by the way, it was also a, a very... <laughs> awkward laughter? Uncomfortable. <laughs> sure. Laugh. But it's... You know? I, don't, I think it's hilarious. I mean, it I is mean, awkward, and you're I, like... Yeah. I but... felt terrible for both of them at the same time. <laughs> Above all, I feel like it's hilarious. And that cuddle, his face is so creepy. <laughs> when, like, the end shot, he just wants to hold her. And then he's just so close <laughs> and yeah, creepy. She is way more comfortable with the... Like, this whole episode builds up how uncomfortable she is with sex. But clearly, she's way more comfortable with sex than she is romance. Because <laughs> she was not feeling the cuddling. It's just, let's make out. Yeah, like, that... <laughs> Yeah, she's uncomfortable with intimacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, who, I wouldn't say that. I would say maybe with Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been with the wrong guy before, where you're like, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Not. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there could have been a right guy at this point in her life, right at that moment. I don't know. I don't I, think anybody on the show is the right guy for her. <clears throat> yeah, yeah that we've met. That's certainly true. Certainly, no one we've met. I think she's one of those girls that needs to get to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. She seems mm-hmm. like she's got a lot of figuring things out to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked what you said about her being more comfortable with the idea of sex than romance. Um, and maybe it is just because it's Nick. I don't know. But she she obviously is like the romance does not thrill her. Yeah, I mean, she was she was weird about the rose, too. You know, even before she saw that he doesn't know how to spell the word wait. Yeah. So, I don't She's... know. I mean, that the whole... The, the thing is, he was just so super cheesy about it, too. It wasn't like... Yeah. He, like, he starts off... Like, he had this all planned out. Like, there was... The whole dialogue that he has, he sings half the song, and then he <laughs> talks... He monologues over the next 30 <laughs> seconds of the song, and then he comes back in for the chorus... Right. And you're just like, wow, he timed this out. He must have practiced timed this 20 times. Perfectly, yeah. That was funny. And, and I find that this episode, um, as much as I've been rooting for Nick the whole time, 
I find it hard to root for Nick while watching this episode because he's just so bad at this. Cre- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just, I agree. Just, yeah. Like you said, creepy. He's being creepy. Sorry, Nick, but you're being a creep, bro. You got to chill. Yes, chill. Girls like guys that are cool, man. Don't you know that? And he says, he says something like, all guys want to make out. And you're just like, yeah, but how do you know girls don't want to make out also? You know, like... Well, how do you know she's going to be interested in the fact that you don't want to make out with her? What would make you think that? Also, he's just doing everything in weird order. I mean, they haven't gone out at all. Is that true? Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, with the group, they've hung out together with the group, but they've never actually gone out together anywhere and done anything together anywhere. I think I think a lot of high school relationships kind of start at start out with the groups and then yeah. But when he mentioned hanging out on Friday night, she came up with going out to see the Elephant Man. That's true. And he's just like, "What? (laughs) No, let's go to my house." And well, his parents were at his dad was out of town. So yeah, I mean, which is jumping to a whole. Yeah, he's kind of skipping some steps. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 he's still. I mean, the little things like. That he's just not playing. Like, you open the door the second she, like, rang the bell, and you're just like, dude, really? <laughs> Chill. Yeah, just give it, like, five seconds. And then yeah, walk been... over. Even if you are actually waiting by the door, make yourself, like, hide behind the table. Wait, count five to seconds. ten. Yeah. Then walk over and open the door for her. Yeah, he would have been much better off going to the Elephant Man and trying to hold her hand or something. Yeah, I completely agree. But I don't think she would have dug the hand-holding thing. I don't know. I get the impression that she would have been weirded out by that. I'm not sure that's the case because, I mean, I think she doesn't know what really to expect. She's in unknown territory, I think, this whole time. And so she doesn't really know what's going on, and she's kind of filling in the blanks. I think, you know, and by the end, she'd gotten herself to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going over to a guy's house when his parents are out, and, you know, everybody's telling me this is means this, and I think they're right, and so, okay, let's, yeah. you know, I'm ready to, you know, go for it, because I'm going over there. Yeah, you know, there's actually some deleted scenes that might shed a little light. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Shed a little light as in... You well, want... there's just some interesting things that happen in the deleted scenes. About yeah. those? <laughs> I, oh, I'd be fine in doing that. Okay. Yeah, um, there's one where Kim's in the bathroom and Lindsay comes in and Kim's like, it's cool you and Nick are going out. And I, My notes are sparse and it was a long time ago I watched it and I should have rewatched them today. Cool. So these are going to be a little choppy. Um, then she starts talking about Daniel, but Nick's not like Daniel. And she says, Daniel is a dog. They want sex all the time. And Lizzie goes, like, how often? And Kim says, you have no idea. <laughs> and scenes out. <laughs> and I mentioned some cut scenes. Well, the one with um, Mr. Weir and the Korea, the Korea scene, you know. But he had so many lines they had to cut out. And one of them, the only one I wrote down that made me laugh, he said, I didn't even tell you about Guam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he also came up with a bar name called Sagahatchee, and it made the entire room laugh. They couldn't get through that one. Okay, so this was an interesting one. You know the stairs under the stairs where they hang out? Yeah. There's a scene with Lindsay and Nick, and Lindsay 
goes for a kiss. Whoa. And what, like, she full-on kisses him, and she kisses him. Oh, interesting. That does not mm. surprise me after I watched it once. You know what I mean? That kind of mm-hmm. goes with what I was thinking the second time I watched it. So, do you guys think that if she were to just... I mean, if he were to just take it slower and do it, do it the... I mean, I guess the proper way or the most common way of courting a girl, you know, taking the time and going with the hand holding and then the kissing and the making out and then the et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that she would be more interested or do you think that it's just the idea that he's doing it that's keeping her away? I honestly got to the point where I felt like if he had followed through that evening, she would have gone to bed with him. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel like she doesn't really like Nick in that way, but the only reason why she hasn't like broken up with him yet is because she feels like she won't be able to hang out with the freaks anymore. Mm. So Maybe. I think that's why she's really hesitant about that. I think that she was prepared to go to bed with him. Whether right. she would have actually gone through with it, I don't know, but I think mentally she was preparing herself to do it. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. think she would have. Like, I think I think she wants to have a boyfriend, and I think that she's saying, well, if this is what I have to do, I'll do it. And she would have been mm-hmm. okay with doing that, but the emotional stuff she's just not okay with. Especially not with Nick, because she's just not into him. Yeah. Well, she's going through an existential crisis, too, and I just I think yeah. she's too confused right now. Yeah, you know what? That that excuse is going to start to get old for her, though, because it's been, <laughs> what, you know, like eight episodes? Half what is year, that? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I if this show, I don't know, what we got past uh, Christmas, right? Yeah, but we I don't think they ever mentioned it. Like, a, there was no Christmas episode, and... But you said something like there was like a random mention to it snowing or something one episode, something I don't know. something I random remember. like that. I don't know. You said Maybe. something about that a few episodes ago, so I think it's got to be probably like February or March in the show now. So she's had like I don't know, like sixty six, like two thirds of a year to to cope with this. So it might be time for her to start really, you know, kind of figuring out what she wants. Well, these are big issues. I pose yeah. it seems like it's all stemming from her grandma's death yeah but like i don't want that to keep being the reason that she's like i feel like yeah deaths are really hard especially at a young age but i mean it wasn't just death it was her grandma saying that there was no life after death yeah that's true yeah which does get you know special. well you get the impression she was church even though the parents don't seem you know i'm putting quotes here churchy it sounds like Lindsay did and believed in God and all of that, like Millie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she is throwing that all away. Yeah. So it's her, so like, true. sounds like her compass just gone. I just, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what you, ha- what you guys are, are, like, how you guys you... feel about religion and stuff like that, but I've just never had any kind of connection to, like, an idea of an afterlife or anything like that. So it just, it really, it strikes me as... Like, just something that I wouldn't care about, you know? It wouldn't affect me Yeah, see, me I can't even fathom living that way. Uh, living the way that's, that I live? Yeah, that's crazy that you don't even think about that stuff. And I, ca- I could not possibly fathom living the way that you live. Then I, I assume that you're the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I would, that would drive me fucking crazy <laughs> to, like, <laughs> yeah. to, to believe in um, 
something that other people didn't necessarily like. I mean, there was just, just, I stand firmly on the, I don't know. So I'm just going to leave it alone. You know, that's just, (laughs) I'll worry about that. Maybe something. Exactly. Waiting for his own existential coming of, Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not against it or for it one way or another. You know what I mean? Like if I saw something or if something happened to me where I was like, yo, I would not, I wouldn't fight against it. You know, I would be like, okay, this is now the, this is what I've seen. This is what I like. This is what I want and want to believe. Not even having a kid that didn't, sometimes that throws people into it. No, I mean, (laughs) realistically, uh, my kid was not really... I mean, it was in a situation, like, he came about in a situation that wasn't that great, so at that time, I was kind of just like, if God was out there, I was like, why, God, why? <laughs> but, That's fine. That's not what I'm really saying. <laughs> I know you're not. I you know. know you're not. I'm just joking around. <laughs> but no, it didn't really, I, I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's something that I've just avoided forever, and I just... No, that's cool. And I'm, all totally for, I'm all for people, you know, doing whatever the hell they want. <laughs> you know, that's I just agree. my opinion on that. Yeah. I feel the same way, like, kind of as you do, Rich, but at the same time, I understand what Lindsay's going through. Like, I just lost my grandfather last February, and it's still affecting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've dealt with deaths, and they've affected me. It's just that they haven't... I don't feel like it's ever changed me, you know, the way that I think about things, or... It's, I don't know, I guess it's just not the way that I am. I guess I was kind of built, I was programmed one way and it just has never changed, you know? Yeah, cool. That's you and that's, uh, that's okay with me. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I think I understand the whole thing with what you're saying about Lindsay. I mean, with the whole idea of if you do have a particular, if you've been raised with a certain set of beliefs that you just take for granted, which kids do take for granted whatever they're raised with and then inevitably they get to a point where they start looking at things and making their own decisions Mm. and either they continue with the beliefs that they were raised with or they start questioning those beliefs but in her case it's almost like that questioning was sort of thrust upon her very in a very jarring way when you know, she was told, well, there's nothing. Yeah. And you know what? The questioning probably, I mean, if I were her in that situation, I probably would have been like, it's almost like the question was immediately answered. You know what I mean? Like she was told it's not there. You know what I mean? So I feel like she was probably just like completely shattered, you know, like almost like everything that she believed. Right. Like, I I think it might've been worse than actually questioning it. Exactly. I think it might've been her just completely, getting rid of everything that she thought was real everything that she had just taken for granted was then just in a minute was just shaken right down to the ground i mean she has a choice of either believing what her grandmother said or thinking her grandmother you know was you know just not you know not in a place where she could say anything about it but you know it's inevitably the first thought is yeah i mean believe what she's saying to you you know yeah and and that would be that could be a very um i mean i've had experiences in my life where especially as a kid where there was that shattering moment where Mm -hmm. just everything you know just changed within a few minutes 
and all the the pretense and everything and you know childhood went right out the window in the course of you know literally a few minutes and it it takes a long time to to recover from that yeah definitely i mean even the the most general things which hey i don't know if there's any kids listening but yeah i uh i was pretty bummed out when i found out about tooth fairy (laughs) uh my daughter was so relieved. She thought that was the creepiest thought in the whole world. It seriously is. When you is really... come. <laughs> and so she squelched the tooth fairy thing, the first tooth she lost. She oh, she man. wanted none of the idea of some tooth fairy coming and to her while she was sleeping. Yeah, I actually explained that to Zach the other day because he's about to lose his first, first tooth. And I was telling him what he would have to do. And he was just like, so she'll be in my room? <laughs> let me get this straight you're allowing a stranger <laughs> yeah i i and i was kind of like no she's magic you know like so she just kind of has to like wherever she is she just twirls her pixie stick and it get you know whatever happens <laughs> just Did trying you to like the tooth cover fairy movie the with dwayne Wait, um johnson yet dwayne johnson. <laughs> his name is the rock my friend <laughs> And, uh, no, I have not. I have not seen it myself. I don't think I want him watching terrible movies at such a young age. <laughs> Stick to Spy Kids. But, um, alright, guys. So, let's get into some feedback while we still have a couple minutes. Um, I have a couple more deleted scenes. If oh, you're okay. Interested. Yeah, do your thing. Okay, um, there's a short one of Cindy and Sam walking to the dad's store that they cut out part of it and she asks about the lab assignment and Sam goes, Bill's lazy. And she says, it's not really. And then Sam says, he's stupid. <laughs> and she just goes, I thought he was your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sam's trying to trash talk Bill. Um, this was my favorite one. Nick is, let's see that Nick's they're at the drum set. They're at Nick's house. Um, at some point is after the rose. And Lindsay sits behind the drum sets, and Nick goes, Oh, you look so cute behind my drums! And she starts playing, like, really loudly and badly for a second, and Nick kind of, like, reaches out and stops the cymbal, <laughs> like, <laughs> while she's playing, and he's like, and she goes, Sorry, just got the urge. And he's like, You were good! You're a natural! And then he tries to, like, get her up, like, he is just not comfortable with her behind his <laughs> beloved drums. <laughs> and if there's then anything she he cares about more than those... Lindsay, it's right there. Yes. <laughs> that was very apparent that he wanted her not touching them. But he was being very uh, condescending. Just, you know, oh, you look so cute behind my drums. But, yeah, and then he stops it. Um, but she kind of goes, she kind of lets loose and talks about... Um, that she was not ready to have sex with him. And then my notes just say she starts comparing it to math. And Nick stops her and says, Lindsay, I'm not thinking about sex at all. That is not what our relationship is about. Everyone's just assuming things. Dan and Kim. And then he says, my last girlfriend rushed. Are we cool? And then, so anyway, kind of interesting. I don't know if they cut that out because they wanted the ending to be more of a surprise or if I they just definitely cut it think the time. that was the case no, I think you're totally on with that yeah um, okay then we have Cindy I guess we see them after they split up and Cindy's at a mechanic and talking to the guy while he's working on the car and she just talks him into an ad just like super quick and then it flashes to Sam and he's at a funeral home and the guy's like polishing a coffin and 
he's like, yeah, I'm the only funeral home in town. You know, like, I don't need any advertising. <laughs> and you see, you see Sam just like running down the funeral parlor, just like so uncomfortable for where he is. It was pretty funny. Just <laughs> Sam just like looking it out of that parlor. Uh, and then there's just a little alternate ending where there's no Lindsay and Sam's in the kitchen and the phone rings and he says the I'm not busy you can tell me everything line and then he puts the phone down and starts eating his ding dong and then he'll put his ear and say like uh huh you know kind of that classic TV you can put the phone down and still talk as long as you say uh huh yeah once in a while uh, uh-huh. so that's the alternate yeah. ending uh-huh. oh come on oh come on has, uh-huh. has no one else done that yes uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's not just on TV it's not uh-huh. just on TV <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, all right. Okay, let's do the feedback. We've got no emails, but we've got some Facebook feedback from January 3rd. Today is March 2nd, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> Sorry, guys. my my I'm, The cold's catching up to me right now. Um, all right, we got Harold Wallen. Wallen. I don't know why I said it like that. It's Wallen. <laughs> All right, so Nick singing Lady is a Hall of Fame moment in the cringe school of comedy. Yes, sir, it is. The whole scene is so great. Nick immediately opening the door as soon as Lindsay rings the bell. The end, I love you section of Knights in White Satin playing on the stereo. The basement full of candles. Jason Siegel talks singing Lady to Lindsay is so awesome because of his utter sincerity. He doesn't try to be humorous. The humor comes from the intensity of his infatuation with Lindsay. And Cardellini does a great job with her reactions, keeping the scene from being too broad. She seems at times honored, hopeful, confused, overwhelmed, and embarrassed. Lindsay must have gone to Nick's house thinking consciously or unconsciously that she would lose her virginity that night. What she didn't count on was creepy cuddling. I also love that they are doing uh, what they are doing with Cindy Sanders. She is becoming an interesting character. She lies about farting and rebels against her parents by eating fast food and watching Welcome Back, Cotter. If it wasn't for a crush on Todd, I'd almost think she was developing one on Bill. Oh, and there's a bit of a cutthroat in her, the way that I think she knows that Sam has a crush on her, yet she still thinks it's okay to treat him like one of her girlfriends to dish about Todd. I think she gets off on treating Sam like that. Something mm. we did not consider, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't shown any like romantic interest in Sam at all yet. But do you think that she knows that he has romantic interest in her? She she doesn't seem like so. she, she doesn't seem like she's got any kind of you know like manipulative sort of. She always seems very open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I have to give a shout-out, or I have to give a shout-out to Gordon Chris, who is a great addition to the cast, the Allman Brothers Live at the Fillmore East, and to Harold for taking out a full-page ad after he finally figures out why Sam joined the Yearbook Club. Now, if only, now if he could only get those $5 back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Harold and I have been playing a little off-and-on quiz-up freaks and geeks, and we are so neck-and-neck. Really? Yeah, like on Quiz Up, we're like within like two points of each other almost every time. It's pretty wacky. Yeah, I'm sorry, Em, but you're a host of a Freaks and Geeks podcast. You need to come out on top here. I know, I agree. And I believe in our little war, I am beating him, but he has beat me a few times by a few points. <laughs> well, that was very Maybe he should replace me someday. 
Harold, Harold and I played against each other in uh, on Quiz Up. Once you guys got me into Quiz Up, Harold and I played against each other for Buffy. And uh, I don't remember. We were pretty neck and neck all the way through. We did a bunch of bunch of them. Right. But I've gotten better since then. Does someone take me on in Buffy? I want to... I'll, I'll show, take I you show on my skills. I've never done this quiz up thing though, so you're gonna have to, you know, very slowly explain how to do these. Things. I'll, I'll take you on and Buffy. Okay. Um. All right, Matt Triest. This is one of my favorite episodes. Really great stuff all around, especially the Nick and Lindsay stuff. As said, the Lindsay and Nick stuff alone makes this episode a classic. What's really refreshing about Nick and Lindsay is that they don't go to. They don't go the easy route so many teen shows would do and make him a psycho. Nick is just a naive teen who doesn't know any better and can't read Lindsay's signals. Then we have Rosso's horror story, the worst $5 Mr. Weir ever spent, and Sam getting friend-zoned in the worst possible way. By the way, <laughs> in case you guys haven't watched this episode in a long time, listeners that is, we didn't mention before, but the Mr. Rosso story that we're talking about is the one yeah. where he says that he has herpes. Yeah, seemingly just to scare Lindsay, I suppose was his reasoning there, but just like totally inappropriate fashion. Um, anyway, uh, Triest continues. I remember this episode along with the pilot were screened at my college and it was extra enjoyable to have, to have seen the horribly uncomfortable and hilarious moments blown up on the big screen. I think you can safely guess what grade I'd give this one. I believe he likes it a lot. (laughs) Um, Emily says, by the way, we didn't record tonight, so still have a week to get your feedback <laughs> in. By week, I meant three months. That, that was January 5th. <laughs> um, okay. One, yeah. Uh, one more. We got Ray Doria. Mr. Rosso makes me laugh in this one. I love that he told Lindsay that he got it on at a van in Woodstock. And both the Weir parents are so funny, too. It's great that Miss Weir remembers Nick from eating all of her fruit roll-ups. <laughs> and Mr. Weir is great in the scene at the sporting goods store. He's trying to help Sam, but ends up messing it up anyway. Also, the story of losing his virginity is priceless. This is a really good showcase for Martin Starr's Bill. He is great throughout. I just love how awkward Bill is. Watching him continue to get up from the chair in Cindy's room to try to get it to make the sound just cracks me up every time. And the Gordon stuff is simple. Never judge a book by its cover storyline, as Gordon is actually a pretty good guy. But it's executed well. The Cindy, the Sam Cindy stuff is really sweet, though, and in the end, I feel for Sam as he seems to have ended up in the friend zone. I really felt Sam's pain. As for the Freak storyline, this one is great, too. I actually think it's really sweet that Daniel is trying to talk up Nick to Lindsay and make his friend look good. Lindsay in this weird relationship with Nick that she doesn't even seem to want to be in. Life is moving fast for Lindsay, going from dorky mathlete and hanging out with Millie wishing they had boyfriends to freak chick in a relationship with Nick. Freak chick in a relationship with Nick. Nick's singing lady is one of the great moments. The lengths that Jason Siegel is willing to embarrass himself in the name of comedy is pretty amazing. Lindsay's reaction is priceless. And I, I think we all agree with pretty much everything there. Yes, and you know, Jason Siegel, he was talking about, um, I think, his frontal nudity scene in, what was that movie? Forgetting Saving Sarah Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah or Forgetting Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Um, he says that he was born without the thing that makes people embarrassed. <laughs> So he was just born without it. So, oh, that's a, that's like a superpower. It is. It really it is. is. Oh, jinx! I guess. I mean, <laughs> I guess it could get you in trouble eventually. But I mean, if I could stand in front of a camera and just 
whack it back and forth like he did in that movie. I mean, that's that takes some takes some balls. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised thing. me. I had no idea that was coming. Oh yeah, it came out of nowhere. So just, Whoa! <laughs> Why? It's right at the beginning of the movie too. Yes. <laughs> it's like one of the first things you say. Um, all right, so that's it. That's it for feedback. Uh, let's jump into. We're, we're giving you guys a lot of content tonight. We're up on the two hours trying to make up for it. So um, let's let's get into ratings, and then we'll do quotes, and then we'll end it. Who wants to go first? Who wants to rate the episode? I will. I gave it an A. This is, I think this is a hilarious classic Freaks and Geeks. And just for the end scene alone, it gets an A. It's hilarious. All right. One A. Katrin? Katrin. Is she gone? Are you was, gone, oh, Katrin? Hi, sorry. I was muted. You were on mute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that good. darn mute I love it. We got to keep this going. This is like a every episode gag. <laughs> I, sorry. I, I'm, I eat while I podcast and I mute myself while I chew. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, doing we that. all appreciate that. <laughs> Cuz some people don't do that. Um anyway, I as I said while I was muted, I I'm also going to give it an A. I really enjoyed the episode. All right. Two A's. Uh Aisha. <laughs> Birthday girl. <laughs> oh, you guys are not going to like me. Should we sing to her? We should. No. We should. I was born with that thing Jason Segel was talking about, so don't do it. <laughs> okay. Because it's your birthday, we won't do it. But we're going to sing to you when it's not your birthday. Just, then you're going to have to deal with that. Oh my god, no. Alright, go ahead. Um, I just... Yeah. You could not like it. Yeah, it's allowed. I liked it the first time I saw it, but the second time I saw it, it annoyed me, and... I just like kept pausing and like moving on to other stuff, and then I was I had to go back to like because uh, I was like, oh yeah, we had to, we had to record that soon, and uh, I just didn't like it the second time around. What annoyed you? Just curious. Everything. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> like the whole supply with um, Cindy and Sam. Like I've been through that when a guy wants to be in a relationship with you, and you just see your like. Like, you just think of him as a friend, and uh, I just really hate that um, subplot, and okay. that's why I have to give it a C. Wow. I think that's the worst score we've gotten for any episode so far. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect that with this episode. And the awkwardness, yeah, just... Yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see the awkwardness getting the people... Um, it's definitely uncomfortable for a lot of the time because both plots are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Carol, you're up. Um, I'm gonna go with an A minus, and the minus is only that sometimes the the discomfort did go over the top a little bit. You know, like the too much information from the adults was getting to the point of unbelievability. You know, um, and you are on record for not liking uncomfortable is it uncomfortable humor. Uh, embarrassment humor. Embarrassment humor. So yeah, that's an A minus. Is quite surprising for me. Well, you with know, that in mind. One of the things I think I started to say on the the commentary or after the commentary, I don't remember. Um, or maybe it was just some discussion. But one of the things, like with this show, I've kind of gotten to the point, and I hope I'm not proven wrong later on. That I kind of have gotten to trust that it won't go to the point of my not being able to watch it 
or the level of embarrassment, you know, they mm-hmm. managed to get to that point where it's it's painful, but it's not to the point where it's less like, oh, I cannot watch this. I can't watch this person go through this, um, which is a really good line t- for them to hit. And they hit it in this. I mean, they came so close with that next scene. It was just like so close to, ah, can I watch this? And yeah, I could watch it. Have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I've never seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You shouldn't. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about specifically right now? What we just talked about. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, it's, um, it's like with, um, going back to Buffy again, since we all know Buffy, the, the episode, um, was it not her, but um, him, him mm. in like the seventh season, with the the coat. Yeah. Her. I have a really hard time with that. I can't watch that cheerleading scene with. Um, oh, with Dawn. Dawn. Oh yeah, that's I, awful. I, oh, that I is bad. Cannot watch. And I've seen on the internet people let's love that scene. They just think it's hysterical. I can't watch it. It's just way too painful and oh, it's too embarrassing. Yeah, well, if totally I liked the Dawn at all, it would be okay. I don't think it. I don't even think it's funny. I think it's just straight. Uh, like that's the type of thing I have to skip. Yeah, it's like I, that one thing. I, I skip I, it every time. I, but then at the end of that that same episode, there's some of the best physical humor in the entire series. Yeah, like Spike tackling Buffy outside the window. Yeah, with the with the running with the back rocket launcher. With the rocket launcher. Yeah. The timing on that is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. But the ending of the sh- of that particular episode, I really like. Once they all start trying to convince him that you know he's that they're the one. Yeah. But the beginning of it, I can't stand. Oh, so it's it's a very schizophrenic episode. This True. this series so far. Wait, hang on, Carol. I gotta get this to stop. Echo Rich is back. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> Good job. Did it work? It works. Yeah. I told no, you I am not magic. really. What? I don't hear my echo. I don't hear it. You're cool. yeah. You guys are. Oh, I haven't heard it at all. No, my earphones <laughs> fell out. <laughs> well, Carol, I would guess the show is going to be stay watchable for you. Yeah, it's not going to get yeah. worse than that. I, no, like... I think that's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, this whole episode kind of falls in line with the the. The, that one scene that I just I can't watch where what's his name falls down the stairs and starts starts saying and starts crying the uh, mentally challenged kid I can't remember his name right oh. now oh yeah Eli Eli yeah, Eli. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's like almost impossible for me to watch but uh, <laughs> this whole episode it gets, it gets along that line I think I would have to um I'm not really one for embarrassment humor either but I think like you said Carol it walks the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, really well, and it could have fallen over uh, the mm-hmm. other side of the fence at, at any given moment, but it didn't. So it definitely deserves props for that. Yeah. Um, it's iconic. It's classic. It's pr- probably the most well known. Probably the most well known scenes out of the show are in this episode. Oh, okay. um, I can think of some to come that are. Yeah, oh, it's not like it's <laughs> over. Trust me. I just nope. think this is a. Uh, there, there's a lot in this one. Um, I'd give it an A minus. I, I I really like it. It's a it's a really good episode. It's just um, maybe it's because I've I I, I remember this episode uh, better than I remember most of the other ones that I wasn't 
like I knew what I was gonna see every time, and, and I've seen it so many times. So, like, like I said, it's also iconic that sometimes when something is iconic, like on a show that you know well, uh, you kind of get. It's hard to have that fresh eye on it and really look at it deeply, and so I, I think that I'm a little bit. What's what's the word? Desensitized to how awesome this episode might actually be. Uh, which is why I'm not willing to give it anything over an A minus. And the, but it's 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 a really good episode, and I I think there's a lot of quotes in it, and I think that the scenes themselves are really, like well written, and it does uh really goofy humor, and then really really heart dropping stuff, and uh, it's it's got a lot of everything. So, you know, yeah. two thumbs up, A minus. All right, let's do uh, quotes because I I've got one right here. I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Is he the one that ate all my fruit roll-ups? <laughs> well, you said he could have them. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> and she just stares off into the middle <laughs> distance. <laughs> That's good. Anyone else? Um, I've got one from that scene. Um, I know all about the world and your mother, and I know when and why I sent it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I could get those $5 back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I lost my first set of notes as usual. I'm when I made the second set, I did not write down my quote. I know I had a good one. Um, one day you're going to be cleaning out the vents in your house, and there's just going to be like a pile of your notes. <laughs> I, I know. I'm I'm probably going to have to like clean out this whole house and move and stuff, and it's just going to be. I'm going to find all kinds of stuff. Um, how about Lindsay? So, you want to make out or something? <laughs> Everybody wants to make out. <laughs> oh, I do have another one. Wait a minute. <laughs> the, it's my, where um, Millie, this is the old thing about why should they pay for the milk if, or why should they buy the cow if they're getting the milk for free? <laughs> like oh no, no not that old line not yeah that, really. but surprisingly <laughs> Lindsay looks like she actually kind of took that to heart oh really i haven't noticed yeah she was like she kind of like looked down and started thinking about it for a second i yes. was like really that got to you <laughs> really that one do you have any aisha birthday girl <laughs> sorry I, I think i'm coming down with the cold i've been sneezing like crazy no it's all good i'm feeling it too i have the back of my tongue is starting to hurt oh. <laughs> Okay, I have one from Sam. I don't need another friend. I already have two. I mean, how many more friends does a guy need? <laughs> um, I have one. Uh, Cindy walks up to the table, the lunch table, and Sam goes, Oh, hi, Cindy. She goes, Oh, hi, Sam. Hey, Nate. <laughs> my, my name's Neil. <laughs> any, any other ones, guys? Nice people oh. don't mind, and it weeds out the jerks. My mom says it's a gift. Oh, that, that, yes. That was a great line. Who said that? It was Gordon. Gordon. Oh, that's right. He also said, I may be smelly, Sam, but I'm not stupid. That was a good one. <laughs> and I'll, st I'll try not to just stink up the joint. <laughs> that was good. And then that, that little exchange was pretty funny, actually. He says, I'll try not to stick up the joint. And then Sam starts laughing, and then Gordon says, just kidding. And Sam goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious. That was I love it. Gordon is, like, so uh, 
you know, it's awesome. I'd like to see more of Gordon. I have no idea if he comes back or not. <laughs> I know if he does or not. Does he? Can't Zip it. Zip it. Can't tell us that. Right. Hey, I had a, a few just um, like of the pop culture references. I was just curious yeah. how many of these things you guys knew if, when we're done with quotes. Okay, go for it. Okay. Um, you, all, you all know who Leif Garrett was? Yes. Is, I dated no. a guy named Leif. <laughs> no, I don't. I always thought of Leif Garrett. <laughs> okay. Um, he was just one of those teen, you know, like preteen pop star people, you know, the ones the tweens love so much. Mm. What about Jack Albertson? No, no I didn't know who that is, and I was no. really sad. I couldn't get that reference. Oh, that was a hysterical little... <laughs> I had a feeling it went over my head, and it was sad and tragic that it, it did. Was... Jack Albertson was about, you know, like 70 years old. So, <laughs> or, you know, 60 years old or something, and, and a curmudgeonly guy on Chico and the Man. And Leif Erikson that they were trying to go see was, you know, little teeny bopper idol uh, who was like, you know, 19 years old or something. And very and he used to kiss his picture, you know, so they're all excited to go see him. It's like Justin Bieber, Bieber whatever his name is, was supposed to come on. And it's uh, Bieber, I love it. I don't, I don't know. I, I, know, I, don't I have a know, Emily, that him. is fantastic. <laughs> I wish everybody would start doing that just out of spite for him. <laughs> Is it's, it Bieber? It's it exactly, was Bizzle now. It's exactly like that. If if they were going to go see Justin Bieber and they were all Bieber. Like... <laughs> Did you guys hear? He changed his name to Bizzle. Oh, no, he didn't. No, you're He wants to be known as Bizzle. Oh, stop it. Oh, no. Stop it. <laughs> but instead of, instead of that guy, I'm trying to think of who on TV would be, you know, equally disappointing to... <laughs> be you know some old man on on some sitcom that um you know is just totally different i can't even come up with anybody right now insert 70 charlie year old sheen. comic huh charlie sheen no worse than that no chevy uh -uh. chase yeah. oh yeah okay maybe maybe but but jack um jack albertson was like really like a curmudgeonly kind of old guy anyway it doesn't matter um some newscaster <laughs> yeah, y'all have you all seen the the movie Airplane? No. No. Yes. Uh, back when I was very young. Okay, so they mentioned Airplane. Um, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's a very silly movie. Yes, it's and that was the big line: "Stop calling me Shirley." Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Shirley, you just stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think is that it because we always said about high karate and. Welcome back, Cotter. Leaf Garrett. Yeah, that was it. I love when they do stuff like that. And I love that you're like our podcast aficionado. Pop culture. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to start giving you a theme song for when you tell us about <laughs> that stuff. Everything else gets a theme song. You deserve it, Carol. Uh, you should give her my lady. <laughs> I don't know if I always catch all of them, but I, they, I always find them funny. I find them interesting. That, uh... Okay, guys, anything else? Nope. No, I gotta go. I've got tired kids. Yeah, no, I feel your pain. And Aisha, you've got to celebrate your birthday for a half hour. I gotta finish my paper first. Uh, <laughs> come on. Anything we can do to help after the podcast stops recording? <laughs> <laughs>
You yeah. want to read it? You want to read it over to us for uh, help you proofread it or edit it or anything? It's not done yet. Yeah, well, I know a lot about twenty. Yeah, what what was it? The the twenties. Sixteen hundreds. The nineteen twenties. The sixteen hundreds. American poetry more interesting. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not a big poetry fan. Yeah, me neither. Neither am I. I like I like literature and prose. I I've never been a huge fan of poetry. Neither have I. I like TV. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right, let's let everybody go. It's been a nice all right. Oh, are we going to do the email stuff in uh, what's next week? Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. we got to do that. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah, our yeah. email, Aisha? Yes, that is it. Um, in case I was laughing over it, that was what. <laughs> mckinleycast at gmail.com two thumbs up and uh what's on the slate for next time oh wait our twitter oh we have a twitter my good lord we, have a, we do have a twitter uh what what is it em mckinley podcast mckinley podcast yeah follow us and mckinley we'll cast you... was taken but it's not there so we don't know what's up with that somebody knew we were gonna do this and was just trolling us clearly yes trying to get a lot of money from us <laughs> but clearly us we just went rights. with mckinley podcast um so follow us on twitter we'll give you you know random freaks and geeks uh, sightings and stuff like that i'm sure if there's articles floating around and stuff we'll post them up there and then we'll wait, give you information on when our stuff's coming out um and i am literally following following every single star that's on twitter that was in the show so many retweets oh, really? Emily. can i assume retweets are on the horizon yeah i need to spend more time on there and i i try and tweet quotes and things sometimes if they've are from episodes we've already seen i'm not very good at it but um i should be and maybe we can uh reach out to some of the people on twitter see if they can uh tweet us back yeah man I'll try. okay i like it social media um and facebook you could get us at uh, facebook slash facebook.com slash mckinley cast and that's it next week what do we or next i don't want to say week it's a lie guys i'm sorry <laughs> but if i say next week it's a lie um, that's right next time we are doing which episode we've got spirit we've got spirit we do spirit oh i feel a pep rally coming on I remember this episode. Maybe a maybe a male cheerleader. <laughs> maybe Sam will join cheerleading this week. Or maybe this Rich episode. will put Nirvana on the episode. Maybe whoever said that is going to be just proven a genius. Maybe whoever just said that will be kicked off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say Sam becomes a cheerleader. Um, it's actually it's actually really Bill. okay okay all right guys this was fun i'm glad we are back together and we didn't die as so many other podcasts have in the past no pod fading no pod fading guys listeners audience that is sticking with us through all of these difficult times please i want you to know that we will finish this show we will whole 18 episodes Yes. We'll complete it. We can handle yes. it. We've promised ourselves that we can handle it. I'm going to go episodes. as far as to say it's not going to take us two months to do a next one. No. Maybe 16 years. 
Maybe say in the, maybe, maybe 15 years this time. <laughs> All I said was it won't take us two months. <laughs> yes. It might take a lot longer. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Good All night, right. everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Asia.